to bring a harvest. And this year, as I sat with the Lord over this um, Christmas, New Year's period, this has been the word embossed on my soul that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about high places. And so I went to the scriptures to do a bit of a study to unpackage what this meant. And there is a lot of significance in the scriptures about the high places. Jesus withdrew to the hillside. He went up to the mountainside to be with the Lord. The Israelites sacrificed on the high places. The high places is a place in which you interface with heaven, where you bring a sacrifice, where, we, where you meet with the great I am. In the upper room, the disciples waited and were filled with the Holy Spirit, a power from on high, which is available for each and every one of us here today. On the mountain, it was the place of the transfiguration. The mountain uh, was the place in which Moses met with the Lord so that his countenance changed, his face shone as he returned from the mountain. He was left with a mark of heaven. His face shone with the glory of the Lord as he came down off that mountain. You know, the mountain is the place where we are above the clouds, where we see with clarity. And I believe the high places is the word for us this year, the place to move up to in which we interface with heaven, we meet with the Lord, we seek heaven's counsel and it equips us and strengthens us for the year ahead. Who's excited to hear this word here this morning? Amen. Come on, let's praise God in this place today. He's worthy of our praise. The great I am. And you know, just to set the tone of this message, high places here today, I've asked Walter Mitty to help me out today. Has anybody seen the film featuring Walter Mitty? Why don't you just set her in for a few minutes and let's have a look at Walter's journey on the high places.
Thank you. Feeling it? <laughs> the high places. And you know, there are some places where we just go alone. Actually, the high places, Jesus withdrew to the mountaintop, to the hillside, alone to meet with the Lord. Moses went alone to meet with the Lord. And there are some places in life that we walk where it's just us and the Lord, our wingman, the great I am alongside us, journeying with us, navigating through the highs and the lows of life. And as I came to study the scriptures on this theme, there was one scripture I just couldn't get past, and that's Habakkuk 3.19. And I'm going to unpackage that for us here this morning and believe that it will strengthen you as you walk into this 2017. And it says, The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. You know, I love as the scripture says that first the Lord addresses us and he speaks to us and he tells us that he is our strength. He And his strength permeates right into the depths of our soul. The spirit of God's strength, when it enters our heart and mind and soul, it goes into the deep places of who we are and it supernaturally enables us and, and, and carries us through the difficult, through the high places of life. And I love that his strength comes. It's internal. It's a condition of the soul. I love also that he is our personal bravery. That is, he comes in around our actions, our responses. He's our personal bravery. He goes within us in our interactions and he meets us. His spirit meets us on that level also. And I love that it says he's our invincible army. And this to me says his strength enters our soul. His bravery moves around our responses, our interactions, but his invincible army that kind of presence of God moves out into our sphere of influence, moves into our world, our family, our finances, our workplace, the sphere of influence we covers. He interlaces so thoroughly with us that his strength is in our soul. His personal bravery is in our responses and our interactions. And his invincible army goes out into our sphere of influence. He's so thorough and complete at standing with us on our high places this year. If you're grateful to God for that, why don't you give him some praise in this place here today? I'm going to bring up a picture of a mountain goat on the high places because to really understand how God enables us, we need this image in our mind. There the mountain goat is on a treacherous place, actually, literally barely any place for his feet to be positioned, his hooves to be positioned up on that very peak. And I love what the Lord says in the scripture. He makes my feet like hinds feet, like this picture. That is, he makes us nimble and able and, in fact, able to navigate treacherous territory. That's what the Spirit of God does when he partners with us. And in order to gain that kind of ability, it makes me think of the kind of training that we saw Walter Mitty go through a few minutes ago. The mountain blessing, eating the leaves, walking up the mountain, equalizing as he went high up the mountain. It makes me think of, of Bear Grylls type training. 
there, there will be a very real training in order to walk on the high places. And the Lord is kind to us so that he disciplines us and enables us to walk on those high places. And forgive my creative mind, but the image that springs to mind, I'm going to bring up a picture, is the Chinese binding of feet. Does anybody know that the ancient Chinese art, in, you know, generations ago in which they would bind and wrap the feet in cloth to literally change the shape of the feet and it was it was the prestigious it was the wealthy they would do this and they they made those little um little ones as if they were little queens and literally they couldn't walk on those feet because they had been so changed shape they had to be carried from here to there and they needed to be waited on and it was a, a picture of their their affluence and their prestige but what was interesting the application of pressure of the binding of the cloth literally changed change the shape of the feet. Now, I don't encourage you to, do, to Google search those images, especially the children in the room. I was mildly traumatized when I, this is a pretty picture of what I saw, but it just made me think of the way in which the Lord would enable us to have hinds feet to literally change the shape of who we are. Normally, it's under the application of pressure in which he enables us and changes who we are, changes our character, changes the way that we think renews our minds, strengthens us so that we can walk on the high places. Now, nobody likes pressure at the time, but there is a fruit and evidence and outworking which we need in our lives so that we can navigate well the high places. Amen? Amen. You know, um, we are keen to subdivide the Taylor block of land right now. We have a little house at the front. It's a small house. It's a beautiful house. It's been the Lord's provision. But we have a big backyard. And we have this dream in our hearts, which has tarried for a while. Can I say through, we had this dream through, um, through 2016. And it didn't yet reach fulfillment. I think we were distracted with the, the building of the house of God, happily distracted with the building of the house of God. And this dream just sat over there. And many times we find there are dreams and they sit. But there is something about an exasperation, an exasperated power on the inside of us, actually. And it's like we reach a point where we are no longer satisfied with conditions as they are. And sometimes we need that irritation. We need that pressure in order to move us. The scripture says he makes us to walk. Times we need that exasperated energy an expiration date on our circumstances. It reminds me of pregnancy. I remember um, nine months pregnant with Cleo and, um, and I had to start walking the stairs of the hospital to get this, this baby out, to make start um, labor. And we're walking up and down the, the stairs. And in one moment, I was thinking, oh, I just want to welcome this baby into the world. And then in the next moment, labor started. And I was reminded how bad it feels <laughs> from baby number one and baby two, which somehow you forget, funnily enough. It's weird how it works. You kind of forget. And then I was there again and labor started. And the only thought that went through my mind was, oh, no, I have to do this again. Oh, my goodness. From one second, I was, oh, I want to welcome this darling child into the world. To the next second, bam, contractions were on. The baby was coming. And the only thought through my mind was, oh, no, 
<laughs> I have to do this again. But sometimes we need that exasperated energy, the, the tipping point, that pressure because it's what moves us out of our, our, our comfort. It shifts us to make us advance in life. And, you know, we as a Taylor household are called to advance. We will have our house on our backyard in Jesus' mighty name. And we as a Silverwater people are called to advance, to advance in our professions, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our finances. We're called forth, but sometimes it won't come without a little bit of exasperated energy, a little bit of pressure. Not all pressure is bad. There is huge productivity in pressure. Amen? You know, sometimes the Lord makes us walk to our own benefit to get us unstuck to gain momentum, he moves us. And sometimes it literally looks like a change of circumstance. Another baby gets added to the household. We move house, we get a new job, we start a connect group, we start a relationship. Uh, we find ourselves in a new circumstance and generally it gives us a new perspective. And it, it lifts the veil of complacency. It lifts the veil of apathy from our eyes and we look with new eyes again. And it seems in our humanity we need the shift in order to see afresh. Amen. You know, last year I ministered in almost every state of Australia. I saw a lot of this beautiful nation which we call home. And I found in every place I went into, I ministered differently um, I felt that God moved me differently according to the environment that I found myself in, in order to, to meet the people where they were at in that particular environment. I felt like a ministry chameleon. Everywhere I went, uh, something different would, would pour out of me. And I believe that's what God was doing with me that this year. As much as I was going to give something, he was also training me, moving me differently in different contexts to develop. You know, the other picture that springs to mind of the Lord making us to walk um, is the picture of the pack horse. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry about all the pressure images, but maybe you can relate. Um, but there's something, many times the Lord makes us to walk. He moves us by adding pressure, by adding responsibility. Sometimes I feel like the pack horse with lots of responsibilities and cares and concerns that I'm carrying around with me. In fact, whenever I holiday away from Silverwater and then return, it's like as I go, it's like the pack horse waits are left right there. And then when I return, I literally feel it's like a cloak, a weight of responsibility comes back around me again. And thankfully, God has graced us to walk and to carry this weight of responsibility as he does for our families, for our marriages, for our businesses. He graces us and anoints us. But there's something about the training of carrying a load and responsibility which makes us to walk. If we're going to be, we want to be the one with the hind feet on the mountain top but there is a way in which the Lord enables us to carry gracefully weights and responsibilities in this walk he makes us to walk not to stand still in terror the scripture says he makes us to walk not to stand still in terror see fear freezes us it tries to make us small it inhibits 
our breathing, our voice shrinks, it loses its authority, we feel trapped in a cage. And the picture that springs to mind is the gangplank, out on the plank, looking out into the depths, no way to go back, only the deeps in front of you. Many times in Christ, it feels like you're in this position, caught in this position in life with the depths before you and nowhere to retreat. And But let me tell you, you are not of those that shrink back in terror. Plunge into the deep. You know, you're, we're not of those that are limited and constrained in the scripture that comes to mind, but friends, we are not of those that shrink back. In fact, another interpretation of the scripture says, we don't belong to those who shrink back. Sometimes by association, we, we feel like we belong to those who shrink back. We belong to our circumstances. We've been told, we've been put in a place. Well, let me tell you, friends, here today, you have every right to move. You have every right to shift from your position. Your circumstances are not dictating to you. Jesus Christ is sovereign over your finances. Jesus Christ is sovereign over your family, over your personhood. You have every right to move. You have every right to shift. No one can put you in that place. Let me tell you, you're liberated from any feeling of constriction in this place here today. Amen? Amen. And the scripture goes on to say, it's interesting, it says, you make me to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. I thought it was interesting that trouble, suffering, and responsibility are grouped together here. Many times my responsibility feels a bit like suffering in the sense that my heart breaks at times. Even as a pastor, even this morning we got notice that a beautiful family in this church, their, their mother had passed away from a three-year um, battle with cancer and it breaks my heart that you know there are elements of the ministry when you're walking alongside people that literally crush your heart at times um, but it seems to be that like Christ seems to work at us in in the breaking in the conditioning of our heart and, and many times I feel like there's an exchange that happens in that conditioning a purifying it's like he's sifting out self and he's pouring in Christ. He's sifting out self and he's pouring in Christ. And it makes me think of the scripture, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, strengthening our inner person, the hope of glory. Now to put this scripture, Habakkuk 3.19, in context, I want to go back to Habakkuk 3.17. You ready for it? Good. And it says, though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victor victories of my salvation. And the, the scripture that couples with and complements this one is Romans 8.37. I'm going to bring that up. And it says, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. In life, in the high places, the, the walk is a tension of the outward and yet all these things. Yet amid 
all these things. There's a tension between the outward versus the inward knowing conviction and revelation that a surpassing victory overtakes, runs ahead of our reality. As Romans 8.37 says, yet amid all these things, on the high places, there's a tension between the amid these things that I'm walking and seeing and functioning in, and we are more than conquerors, the inward knowing and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. There is a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Let me tell you, victory runs ahead of you, even on the high places. It runs ahead of you, this surpassing victory, and builds success in your future, and builds peace in your future. This victory surpasses and runs ahead as you journey and navigate the high places, a surpassing victory. And my job here today is to jumpstart or fan to flame that inward knowing, that conviction that there is a surpassing victory written already in your story, waiting for you down the line for you and your family. I'm going to read Habakkuk 3.19 one more time that we would see it as we've unpackaged it here today. In fact, why don't you stand as I read this and why doesn't the worship team come here today? Let me read this over you. The Lord God is my strength my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hind's feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Let me tell you, he goes with you as you navigate to your high places this 2017. The great I am is on the inside of you. He travels with you in the highs and the lows through the thick of the storm. He walks with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Even as we saw Walter Mitty climb the, the, the snowy peaks on his home, let me tell you the great I am. He accompanies you. When you stumble, when you fall, when you grow weak or weary, he lifts you up. He would even carry you on his own back. That's the nature of our God. He goes with you. He's for you. Every single step of this 2017, he's surpassing victory goes before you. His surpassing victory is interwoven through your story this 2017, written by the great I am, penned by the great I am. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows your heart's cries. He knows your burdens and your desires. And today he pours strength into every soul. He lifts off disappointments and weights of 2016. There's an exchange in this atmosphere today. The things that have fallen to the ground and fallen dead before your eyes. The unfulfillment of dreams. He lifts those cares and concerns. There's an exchange in this place here today. He's so merciful. He's so kind. He's the great surgeon. And even in this place today, he leans in to refresh hearts. Some of you feel like your hope has been blown out like a candle and gone, diminished. Well, in this atmosphere today, I believe the Lord is going to flick it aflame again. Flick it aflame, that, that candle of hope. It's going to renew its spark in this place today, in the peace of his presence, in the atmosphere of his love, hope 
again, brought back to life. The spark, the kindle of hope, restored to life. And so actually what I'm going to do is the team lead us in this song. I'm just going to open this altar right now. And I want to encourage you to come. Come with your partner. Come individually. Come with your children. Come and stand on the altar in this atmosphere here today. And I believe there'll be an exchange on this altar here today. Hope will be renewed on this altar here today. You can't come to the altar too many times. You can't come enough. Every time you come and meet with him, there is an exchange. This is the upper room. This is the mountaintop. This is the meeting place. This is the altar on this place here today and as you come to meet with him he will meet with you he will speak to your soul he will lift the weights and cares and concerns heal the brokenhearted heal the wounds and restore life in this place today so why don't you just begin to slip out of your seats as the team worship here today I believe in exchange